0: Welcome to the Success Experience Podcast. A podcast where we bridge the gap between ideas and action. A podcast specifically made for entrepreneurs operating at any capacity, ready for more. Welcome guys to the Success Experience Podcast. I'm accompanied here with coach Michael Burt, considered America's coach with a unique blend of a former championship basketball coach, combined with a deep methodology of inner engineering people to produce at a higher level, In the business world michael has spoken at events such as grant cardone's 10x growth conference and many others alike how's it going today coach michael great (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me of course man so um i think our our viewers are probably wondering where are you tuning in from today
1: yeah i live actually about 30 minutes from nashville i have a place in downtown nashville Mm -hmm. uh, where i do my training and coaching and where i'm actually building a greatness factory but I live on the suburbs of Nashville, kind of between Brentwood and uh between Franklin and Nashville. Oh, very cool.
0: That that's awesome, man. That's like the music capital of the world. I love that. Are you
1: uh are you big into music at all? I love I love music. I love I grew up listening to to good good live country music, uh and to to my mother was in a in a in a in a in a bad marriage when I was young. Mm-hmm. And um physically abusive marriage and one of the things she did to soothe her to her two boys is she used to take us riding on the back roads of Tennessee listening to classic country music and wow. that was a way for us to get out of the house avoid any of the the confusion that was going on in the house and just you know kind of soothing to to my younger brother and I so yeah. I have a deep affinity for good good country music <laughs> I love that
0: man I love that. Um, so that's actually, that's perfect. How you uh, mentioned that. Um, I'm, I'm basically going to ask you, you know, take me back to your childhood. Um,
1: have you been in Tennessee your entire life or have you ever moved? My entire life. Yeah. I grew up in a very small town in Tennessee called Woodbury, Tennessee had 2,500 people inside the uh, city limits, very small, but it's where I learned community values, how to be humble, For sure. No matter how much success you have to be community minded, to help other people. Uh, But but that is where I found my voice very early in life. First as a young basketball coach at 15 years old. And then at 18 years old, I went back to the elementary school where I went to elementary school and became the basketball coach, which is where I won my first state championship and started to get the attention of people. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime you do something unusual or extraordinary, so it was extraordinary that an 18 year old was winning championships and people began to notice. And then they kind of brought me to the big leagues. Yeah, and I yeah. came to the second largest high school in Tennessee, which was just 30 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. But I became uh, the youngest head coach in Tennessee at 20, 21 or 22 years old. And then spent a decade building a national powerhouse and along the way yeah. started writing books, you know, and that's kind of how I got into the book writing business is, People were constantly asking me, what are you doing? And how are you doing it? And how how are you winning with those kids? And so I started writing books about how I was doing it. And oddly enough, companies began to call me and wanted me to motivate their people. And I would go over and speak to their people for 30 minutes to an hour. And they begin paying me more in an hour than I made in a month. And so at 31 years old, I retired. This was not my life's path, though, just to be honest with you, Rob. Uh, my life's path was to go to, uh, the collegiate level and be Gino Ariama right at Connecticut, yeah. you know, that, that was my life's path. And so my life took a turn when I started going out speaking and I'm like, man, I like doing this. I enjoy doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm well compensated for it. Mm-hmm. And I could really impact a lot more people this way than I was as a basketball coach. So that's kind of how I got into the speaking and coaching business.
0: That's, that's amazing. How did, um, how did the opportunity opportunities kind of arise, uh, when it came to like speaking, um, uh, was there like a certain breakthrough with a, with a certain company that just said, Hey, uh, we want to pay you X amount for,
1: you know, a certain amount of time. Um, uh, how, how did that kind of come through? It first started as I had a book. I was 25 years old I, because i have been speaking, uh, coaching for 10 years. I felt like I could help people. For sure. I felt like I could help young coaches. But here's the funny thing. I wrote a book for coaches, but coaches wouldn't buy it. <laughs> coaches are hard group, man. They're stubborn. They're paranoid. They think they know everything. Right. And but so I write a book about how to change a person's life through coaching. But oddly enough, coaches didn't buy it. But but I've somehow convinced the local junior pro group uh, to buy a copy for every coach. And I went over to speak to these dads, basically. Dads coaching their kids. Okay. Well yeah. Some of those dads were businessmen and I went over there and put on this like two hour presentation and one of those business dudes came up to me. He's like, I like you. You, My people need to hear what you have to say. Will you come over and motivate our people? How much would it cost me? And I, I had no idea, man. I had no pricing structure. I'm like 300 bucks, 350 bucks. He's like, okay, let's do it. And I had my first paid speaking engagement. Mm -hmm. And I would go out and so then it went to here, to here, to here, to here, to here. And then some of those companies became 300 employees and 500 employees. And, and you know, and the companies begin to say, well, man, how much would it cost for you to be our coach? And then companies started to bring me six figure agreements and say, we'll pay you to take these people and get them to a higher level. And it was almost always a sales number, right? Like help them make more money. That's what they really wanted me to do. Exactly. And so I began coaching companies at, at 31 years old. And that's really where the big money was is me coming in coaching a company. And I'm a, I'm the coach of the whole company. And uh, I'm coaching operations people. I'm coaching the salespeople. I'm coaching <laughs> the managers, the, the CEO, everybody. And when you coach that many people over 20, you know, two decades, 20 years, yeah. you, you see patterns, trends, you create methodologies, you, you just become really good at it and yeah. and you know and that's just long obedience in the same direction that's amazing man um so how, what separates
0: your um kind of coaching and motivational style compared to other coaches
1: like what's what makes you unique what makes you that you know that gem i think it's a unique blend of former championship women's basketball coach with a deep entrepreneurial mind Mm-hmm. Like I really know how to monetize. I really know how to make money. I really know how to market. I really know how to to take the intensity I learn from athletics and activate the prey drive in a person. And mm-hmm. so it's, I really have a different background. Now here's an interesting stat. There's supposedly 700,000 people in the United States that call themselves a coach. They've never won a championship. They've never made a million dollars. They've never built a successful company. They've never really done anything except they're now coaching other people. And if you look at the stats, most of those coaches earn less than $47,000. Now, let me just let you in on a little secret. You don't want to take advice. From about your career from somebody earning less than forty seven thousand dollars. Okay, exactly. so I'm I, you know just over the years I'm in the top zero 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 one percent of money earners in the coaching profession in the world, which means I know how to take a concept, whether it be a book, speaking speaking topic, a boot camp idea, licensing play, and make millions of dollars with it. Okay, yeah. now the reason that's important for coaches that follow me is that they need to learn how to monetize their message. They need to learn how to make money. So my background is former championship coach. That's intensity, prey drive, business mind, entrepreneurial, how to monetize, how to make make money, how to market a product or service. So when you put these two things together, you get that unique blend. Most high school basketball coaches can't do what I do. They can, right? Like they're never going to be anything more than high school basketball coach. And that's okay. But that's not me. That's not who I am. I had a business mind with a sports intensity,
0: right? I love that actually. Um, you remind me. Um, I actually used to go to college. I was swimming division two, um, so I, I would consider myself pretty good. Um, and my coach at the time was very intense, and you know, straight shooter, just like you. Um, and I feel like that's that's something that a lot of um, a lot of entrepreneurs lack is that you know having somebody in their life that you know kind of pushes them and uh pushing them to that next level because a lot of people are just stuck in their comfort zones and they're not willing to change and they're you know they're scared because they have that fear in the in the back of their heads um but you know somebody like you i love that there's you know people like you out there um that are intense straight shooters and just want the best for others and, and i love that because i can i can feel that energy behind you where it's it's really truly coming from the heart and you truly want to help you know people's lives and organizations and help them scale and and get to that next level so um that's something very commendable i love that about you man
1: yeah i mean to me lots of coaches are selling products yeah They don't really want to talk to you they don't really want to coach you they don't really want to take on the emotional burden of what's going on in your life Mm -hmm. right and that's not as you know because you've had good coaching you know that's what a coach does i mean a coach is there with you through the maturation process of helping you grow up, of helping you discipline of good days and bad days. and they love through it and they tough on you. And what I see a lot in today's world is people want to create a product and sell a product. Now I get it. It's easy. This is a tough business. I can make money. I can make a lot more money in my real estate business than I do in my coaching business. Yeah. But here's the deal. That's not who I am. Like I enjoy the real estate side of what I do, but I really, was put on this earth to, accelerate the path of another person to help them yeah. reach their potential. Right. And that's yeah. what now along with that comes a lot of heartache comes a lot of toughness. It comes a lot of people that let you down. It comes a lot of emotional baggage. Yeah. Uh, it, it, right. But, but that's who I am. So that, I think that's one thing that separates me from other coaches is I still coach every week. Like, you know, I'm still coaching people. I don't, you don't okay. see me or read my books or watch me on YouTube and then you get somebody else coaching you. Right. Like you get totally. me. And that's, that's one thing I'm really proud of.
0: That's, um, that's really amazing. Cause that kind of reminds me of the story of, cause b- basically what you're saying is you want to help people more than the actual monetization aspect of things. Like obviously you're being compensated, um, you know, amazingly, but that's not the, the moral of the story at the at the end of the day. You're about, you know, the mission, the, the purpose, why you're set on this earth. Um, and that reminds me of like when, um, I think I believe it's a Pepsi CEO back during the Steve, Steve Jobs era where he was asked by Steve Jobs to you know be a CEO for them or some sort of higher authority and um, the wife asked like when you're done selling sugar or he, he said when you're done selling sugar water um, how about you work for me uh, and, and that's, that, that's just like clicked in my head when he said that.
1: One <laughs> of the great all time closes, yeah. uh, one thing that Steve Jobs was incredible at was number 1 this intensity right that he had but number 2 saying things to powerful people that made them think i mean when he said that to john scully mm-hmm. right like you could, you could go back and sell sugar water for the rest of your life if that's what you want to do yeah or or you can come with me and we can change the world now you decide right like that's a great yeah. it's a great clo- it's a great closing line like like the, a good coach Will challenge you. Mm-hmm. They'll challenge you to think, not in a pestering way, but but in a way that man, they can just say one thing to you, and you're like, dang, dang, that that, that dude hit me. Like <laughs> he's right. I need to take action. I need to do this. I'm so much better. Yeah. I'm so much more capable than what I'm doing. Like right, like that's what a good coach does. They help you protect your confidence. They don't destroy your confidence. Yeah, a good coach is in the business of building, maintaining, and protecting your confidence. That's the business I'm in and, 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 and contrary to what people believe I've coached people worth a hundred to $200 million that don't have any confidence, you know, that are insecure, that have fear, this paralyzing fear. And so I think that's why people need a coach in their life is this coach takes you to a place you don't even really know that you're capable of going. Like I'm looking, my daughter has some talent. She's only eight years old, but she has talent in gymnastics and swimming. She's a great swimmer like you. Oh, and um, I fully realize as her dad that one of the best things I can do for my daughter is find her the best coaches in the world. Right? Because that when she's older, like you were doing, you know, you were swimming in college, you can't go back and, and, and redo it, you know, from eight years old to to 18 years old. Like you either have great coaches or you don't. And the better the coach, the better you're going to perform the better you're going to drive your potential in. And it amazes me, Rob, how adults don't get this. Like I'm willing to pay for my kid to go to the best schools. I'm willing to get her a swimming coach. I'm willing to get her a gymnastics coach. But then we get 22 years old and we're like, man, I don't need a coach, man. Why would I need a coach? Well, it's actually just crazy thinking because the best people in the world have coaches, right? Like, like, why would you, why would you think that, you know, know everything you need to know? Like, like I have coaches and, and uh, I've been coaching for 28 years. So, so it's one of those things. Like I work out at F45. I, I have a, a stake at F45, which is a gym, yeah. fastest growing gym in the United States and uh, in the world, really. And I know that I could work out at home. I know I could go down to my bud's house and work out with my, one of my best friends. Yeah. But I know when I work out at F45, I go way harder than mm-hmm. I do because I got a coach. There's one little female coach over there. And she comes around to me all the time, and like I love her and I hate her at the same time. And right. she's pushing me, and I'm like, dang girl, she knows. She knows too." When I'm like pissed at her, but I'm like, "That's good." I walk out, and I'm like, "You, you got me, girl. That was good. I burned seven hundred calories, man. You got me. It was good." <laughs> That's why we need a coach.
0: I agree, man. Yeah, you, you definitely need coaches. Um, so let let me ask you: If let's say hypothetically we have this startup company. And you go into the company. What are some of the first steps that you would take? You you don't have to share this if you don't want to. But as yeah. far as like structure, uh, what would be the kind of first things that you would do? And what would you recommend um, others that that don't have that guidance right now? Um, but just the viewers right now, what would you kind of tell them right from the get go, right from the beginning?
1: Nothing happens until something is sold. Most it it shocks me how. Let's take the F45 for example. They came to me and wanted to partner with me because they have this incredible product Mm -hmm. that they didn't know how to sell. They didn't know how to market. They didn't know how, right? Like they, like I go there and work out. I'm like, this is incredible. Like you should have 400 members. Well, it doesn't matter how good the product is. It doesn't matter how good you are. You, You may be the best little dude in the world, but, but if you can't market or sell you, then you got a problem. And and let's just look at the world today. Look at Victoria's Secrets. (laughs) Victoria's Secrets never called a customer, never reached out, followed up, never tried to get somebody back in there, never did anything a good business does. Mm -hmm. Never tried to get right. So here's the deal. When they have have tough times, they go out of business. And that's one of the biggest brands in the world. Now my wife shops at Sonoma, which is a, a similar brand. You know, they sell women's stuff, lingerie, whatever. Yeah. And and here's the deal. My wife said, Man, they text her, they call her, they put deals together, they bundle. I did a podcast today and I said, Look, if there's anybody watching me on podcast that wants to do, come to one of my boot camps, come to one of my coaching sessions, sign up for my call my office right now, and make a deal. And we will accept the deal. Right. So so my sales team's like, Man, these people call and they said, Man, they'll pay this, they'll pay this, they'll pay this. I'm like, accept it, because that's what I say we're gonna do. I'm in the business of selling something. I'm in the business. And so when I go to startups, And I see somebody like somebody told me a minute ago, they got this cool app and he's doing all this stuff. I'm like, man, it it don't matter how cool the app is until somebody sells it. That's one of the biggest missing structures is they don't have a sales system. They don't know how to generate attention and money for the product or service. And it's good. It's a good product or service. I know real smart people that are real dumb when it comes to doing business. Mm -hmm. And so I think a good coach, what I do when I walk into any startup is I want to know what are we doing to sell this product? What's the sales system? How do we generate leads? How yeah. do we explain our services? How do we do this? And, and that's, that's what I look at for any business.
0: I love that. Um, and then as far as like internal, so uh, we got that settled, you know, selling, marketing it. Um, what about, cause, cause I know a lot of businesses and especially like younger um, you know, premature businesses, they don't have really set foundations and in internal communication and that can be, really life or death of a business. If there's not really good communication within the organization and there's a lot of missing pieces, what would be like the, you know, top two or like top three biggest things within an organization for it to really scale and get to that next level?
1: Well, for it to scale, you got to think, look at the ways that people scale. You can scale through technology. Mm -hmm. You can scale through people, right? You can scale through leverage, other people's time, energy, money, Right. When you think about scaling something, it's hard to scale chaos. So what you need is some replicatable process. Like I'm in the business, I'm in the process right now of building out a greatness factory and a greatness factory is a really cool modern space that offers training, podcast, gym, meditation, spa, shared office space, permanent office space. And the goal is to replicate that concept over and over and over and like a business in a box. Like if you want one in Connecticut, you can have your own greatness factory. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but I can't just give it to you and say, Hey, Rob, here's the plans. Good luck. (laughs) I got to say, these are the nine ways we make money. Here's how we market. Here's how we sell coaching. Here's how we sell the offices. Here's the concept behind the concept. Like, like most people try to scale something when there's no foundation in place and there's no replicatable process in place. Right so that kind of be considered
0: like SOP you know what like a SOP is a standard yeah. operational procedure so yeah. you're basically
1: saying stuff like that correct absolutely I'm basically saying anything you know the best book on you know I think a good starter book for people is called built to sale built to sale sell, S-E-L-L John Wardlow wrote that book it's a fable about somebody who wanted to sell a business but the business was not sellable it was not scalable if a business is not scalable. It's not sellable. That right. makes sense. So so the best thing you can do is always build a business so that it can be sold Yeah. at some point in the future. Well, most people don't design businesses like that. They actually just start a business with no plan, no concept of how it's going to work. And then they actually build something that they hate. Like mm-hmm. these F45 folks, good folks, uh, got into it because they love working out at F45, but they really didn't know how are we gonna market? How are we gonna sell? How are we gonna scale? How are we gonna have five gyms versus one gym? Like yeah. they didn't really know on the front end. And most people don't, so that's okay. It's just every every poorly designed business has to be redesigned at some point in the future. For sure, <laughs> I love that answer, man. Um, you know, just a couple
0: more questions. Like, sure. how long have you been coaching for? Like specifically, and then um, what's your long term mission um, and, and kind of long term plan with
1: everything going on right now? My, I've been coaching for 28 years that studied human psychology, desire, the activation of prey drive, how to enter engineer a person to win.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: 28 years, since I was 15 years old, I'd be 44 years old in a few weeks. So wow. for 28 years, I, I've, I've been, I've been pushing hard on coaching, man. I've studied people at the highest level. Mm-hmm. I've been coaching business people since I was, I would say 31. Mm-hmm. So for the last 13 or 14 years. Uh, so I've seen it all. Uh, and, and now I'm really interested in human nature. Like when people do things, uh, it doesn't surprise me when people do certain things. It surprises my wife, and I'm like, oh nothing should surprise you. If you study human nature, why are people egotistical? Why are they narcissistic? Why do they become comfortable? Why do they lash out? Why do they become selfish? Why do they why do they start one day and quit the next day? like like right? like it, it, nothing surprises me. For sure. Now, what's my long term mission is to become a national and international thought leader, like my mentor, which was Dr. Stephen Covey, who mm. impacted millions of people. Yeah. So my my life's mission is to become a, a global thought leader in the world and impact millions and millions of people, whether through my books, audios, things like that, and then to ultimately to build greatness factories around the world. For sure, and I think that all roots from social media because. That's basically my business,
0: uh, which is social media marketing on many other legs of business. But um, essentially, yeah, um, just marketing yourself, you're already on the right track. Um, You're growing literally day by day. So um, I I wouldn't be surprised
1: if you're gonna be bigger than Grant Cardone uh, in the near future. (laughs) Well, I look at, you know, Grant's been a tremendous mentor to me because when I met him in 2012, yeah. Uh, I didn't have a, I didn't have an extensive marketing background. I mean, I'm a good coach, man. That's yeah. who I am. Now, yeah. what I figured out through my time with Cardone, which has helped me to make millions of dollars, and I and I give him credit for this, is that he taught me how to be a great marketer, how how to promote. The, yeah. He he taught me that. Don't matter how good you are as a coach. It what matters is how many people know you, and I needed to hear that. I needed to get better. And I still need to get better at marketing. Even to this day, I need to get much better. Mm-hmm. I love that man. Um, as far as like,
0: so let's just take um, somebody that just goes to you for example. Um, what are three virtues and three vices um, for this person to kind of you know embody, and then you know obviously vices to never never do, as, because you know you were you were discussing human nature and
1: yeah. stuff. Of- When you think about virtues, there's certain beliefs that people live by, Mm -hmm. okay? Successful people have very strong core beliefs. They believe in showing up early and staying late. They believe when a person asks them to go one mile, they go two. They Mm -hmm. believe uh, always going beyond what they're compensated. They believe in creating transformational experiences. These are certain virtues are are core beliefs I live by. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to vices, everybody has a vice. I worked with one of the top trainers, physical trainers, once, and he said everybody that comes to me is out of control in one area of their life.
0: Yeah.
1: So think about this. Uh, I'm a deep studier of the Bible as well, and and even the greats, King David, Solomon. I mean, you know, wealthiest person in the world was Solomon, yeah. but he had problems. King David had problems. They had vices. They they grew up in screwed screwed up families, like they you know and what you find if you said three vices the first thing that come to my mind is when a person has pain in their life mm-hmm. there's three things they do they medicate it drink drugs escapism mm-hmm. they motivate it which means they become workaholics yeah or they meditate on it which means they stew plot become vindictive these are three things, three vices that will get you in all kinds of trouble. Some people work themselves to death. Some people medicate themselves to death. And some people meditate and stew and try to get back and even with people, which consumes all of their good time. The amount of time and energy it takes to get back at a person eats away so much product time, productivity. So, I, I, you know, I think as you get older, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid forties. Now I begin to see patterns. I begin to see things that that I become more aware of. Where what is crypt what is true kryptonite for me? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just can't help yourself. Man, if you study human nature, the person that that don't want to do something can't help themselves. Like I told my wife last time she was talking about something. I'm like, man, they can't help themselves. Like you're sitting there thinking they can help themselves, but they can't. Like that's who they are. When they get in those scenarios and circumstances, they always do the same thing over and over, even if it hurts them. Right. And yeah. and that's what you really learn. That's why I'm so fascinated by Robert Greene's work on the laws of human nature. Cause mm-hmm. he goes deep into the, the psychological reasons. People do things. There's some yeah. payoff. You get a payoff and that doesn't mean the payoff is positive. It just means, you know, why do people act out? Why do people get in trouble? Why do people act stupid so they can get attention? There's a payoff.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: To, to everything.
0: Exactly. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. For for some reason I, I kinda get a sense that ha, have you ever like read Marcus Aurelius's Meditations? Are you familiar with his, you know, I, work, I am familiar work, with it. I have, I haven't that. read it a lot, but I have but I have I am familiar with it, yes. Gotcha. I don't know. I, I have this like this vibe about you where it's like super, you know, strong at the core, and then it's just like that stoic philosophy where it's like, you know, everything's within you. And you know you can't control the external all that you know BS, but everything's within you. You have to you know really tap into your mind, tap into your heart, find out what you truly want to do, um, and everything's within you. You you have the power, but you do need guidance um, from somebody such
1: as yourself. So um, I just wanted to point that out. I don't know yeah. if you've ever gotten. I think it. that's the I think a lot of that's the deep. The deep Covey is who I studied from eighteen to twenty-five, mm-hmm. and he was very deep. Yeah. And and had real methodology, wasn't cod candy. Like a lot of stuff today is cod candy. It tastes good yeah. for a second, but it's really no depth. I'm like, yeah. what's what's under the hood, man? Like what's in the engine? Like I need I need to see something more than this, right? Yeah. And I think that's, you asked me earlier, what separates me? It's really who I've studied under. Mm-hmm. And and it's an, kind of an unusual background of combining that deep methodology with that intensity of a coach. And just a lot of coaches don't have that. They haven't done the work. They haven't put the work in. They haven't been successful, and they're really telling other people to do things that they haven't done.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of fakes out there, and it's it's kind of sickening to be honest. Because if you, I mean, you can't you can't preach something if you don't practice it, and it's just that's why there's a lot of. Um, you just got to really do your research nowadays, and just find out who's credible. Um, and obviously, you're the real deal i um, still in that grand card quote. You're the real deal. Um, but yeah, man, there's, there's just a lot of fakes. And, um, I just wanted to ask you one more question. What do you, what does success mean to you? And, um, as far as, you know, coaching or, or just life
1: or, or anything, really, what does success mean to you? I think it's meant different things to me at different points in my career from 20 to 30 success was selfish to me. Yeah. It was how many games can I win? How much attention can I get? How much, what can I do for me? I think at some point in life, you, you, Wayne Dyer used to call it move from the morning of your life to the afternoon of -hmm. your life. And, and Maxwell said, once you taste significance, success will never satisfy you. Right. And there's a lot of, I've been a successful person. I mean, by all standard, I've won championships. I've made millions of dollars. I got a private jet, whatever, how you want to classify, worldly success I got a beautiful wife two kids two beautiful kids like the world has been good to me yeah right but but I still wake up every day unsatisfied dissatisfied because I know my potential for helping millions of people on the planet Mm -hmm. with a theme of everybody needs a coaching life so success to me today is more about significance it's more about how many people I can help on the planet it's more about being a great dad to my two kids it's more about being a good husband, because those things take work. Those, you know, those things take a lot of work, man. I didn't have a good—I didn't have a good dad. I didn't have a dad that came to games. I didn't have a dad that was involved in my life. Not—not—he's not a bad guy. Because now, now he's working hard, but now he's sixty, you know. Yeah. Um. And so these are things that I want to look back at my life and say, man, that dude was a—he was a hell of a coach, but he was a good dude too. Like I, I think Cardone recognized that in me. Is that this dude's good? But he's also a good dude. And I think, you, you, yeah, and I see all kinds of people. You know, there's people that are fake, and there are people that use personality. And, mm-hmm. and so to me, success is more about significance at this point in my life. That's why I'm so interested in building greatness factories. Uh, they're expensive. They, I don't have to do it. Uh, it's a big risk because I don't know if it'll work. It's never been done before. But, yeah. but man, that's, that's what life's about, man. You, don't, you, don't, you only get one life. This ain't no practice life. So Absolutely. that's why, that's why I got to do it.
0: I love that, man. I love your vibe. I love your mission and I love what you're doing. So, um, where can our viewers find you? What's your social media handle?
1: Um, and where can, where can people find you after this podcast? Yes, yeah, at, at Michael Burt, they can search coach Michael Burt, but I spell my name M I C H E A L on Instagram mm-hmm. at Michael Burt. I've got a thousand videos on YouTube or more. We put up more every day. That's mm-hmm. a good place to get to know me. I do a ton of interviews and podcasts. Uh, and then go to coachbird.com. I'd love for you to uh, come live, be in a room with me for a couple of days, come to one of my properties that I own around the country, and do a boot camp with me. I mean, to yeah. me, that's the essence of really going deep with each other is spending two or three days with each other. Absolutely, man. I love that, Coach
0: Michael Bird. Everyone, uh, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, we'll definitely
1: keep connecting, man. Thank you, man. You're a sharp cat. You're gonna do big things in the world. All right, appreciate it, man. All right, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.